Welcome to today's episode of Recommended Experiences Podcast. This is a podcast where three pharmacists and one engineer come together to discuss their interest in video games, TV shows, and movies. My name is Tiffany, and today I'll be your host for this episode, and I'm joined by Alex. Hello. Matt. Hey. And Yasser. Hello. Okay. Guys, so it's been another week, and let's all talk about what we've been playing lately. Alex, you go first. Oh, wow. Put on the spot. Yep. <laughs> um, so primarily, I have played a little bit more Neo. Still not done with it, but still loving it. Uh, I do not think I'll be done with it before the next piece of DLC comes out. Uh, I think next week, but maybe. Who knows? Because I do want to check it out. Uh, but primarily, I've been playing more League of Legends because right now the World Championships are going on, and so kind of the f- the you know watching the esport and getting caught up in that feeling has got me excited and motivated to play the game again. So I've been playing a lot of that, and I uh, I played the uh, VR game Moss, and it's it is available on uh, Oculus and Vive as well as PlayStation VR. But it is essentially a game where you play as the reader of this story and, you know, the, it's portrayed in the you know confines of a book. And the main character is a mouse named Quill. And essentially you control the, the character with the controller and you essentially, you know, in the VR environment, you look around, but it's essentially a platformer. And it's a really fun, short experience. It took me about five hours to 100%. So it's not super long. But it definitely has a lot of good quality in it. The The graphics are very good, especially for VR. Um, and the animations were surprisingly well done. Like the way that Quill would, you know, hang onto ledges and like shimmy across or climb on top of ledges and like pull herself up and over. It was very well done. I was super surprised. Um, I'd say the only thing that I was disappointed by was that because of how short it was, it's set up for sequels as they portrayed it as book one of her story so i was kind of sad that there wasn't more content but you know if they do actually get around to releasing more to that i'll be excited to check it out what what platform did you play that on uh, i played it on playstation okay. vr but it is available for pc so the you know oculus uh quest and rift and htc vive vr platforms as well gotcha. Since you have such good opinions about it, I'm going to try to play it sooner rather than later. I actually bought it a couple months ago, but I haven't had a chance to play it because recently what I've been actually playing is, number one, I need to tell everyone I did roll credits on Spiritfarer. Well done. So thank you. I ended up setting up the houses for the last two spirits and to be honest i was just like you know what let's just see what the end of the story is because i found out you can go back and finish parts of the game if you wanted to explore more so i triggered the end game and then saw the credits and i was like okay cool so i think i'm probably going to go back and maybe explore a little bit more and do more with one of the characters one of the spirits that I had yet to cross over. Um, but I really liked it. It was very peaceful and it was really nice. I probably played for more than 30 hours in it and it was totally worth it. I loved every minute. Um, the other game that I've been really, or like at least got back into is Animal Crossing. 
So October 1st has come and gone, and they've updated the game with Halloween things like pumpkins and more pumpkins you can you can you can grow pumpkin patches and use the pumpkins to make crafts like lantern jack-o'-lanterns and uh spooky arches and all these little decorative things that you can do um with your villagers um by you know giving them candy or giving them pumpkins to like decorate their place with whatever anyway i honestly like I've played more Animal Crossing in October in the last like four or five days than compared to the month of September combined. I really was kind of falling off the wagon on that game, but this update really like brought me back in and I'm like, I'm totally into it. They came out with new clothes you can buy to decorate or to like wear and costume up your character. So now I'm just kind of like checking my clothing store every day like I used to to see what items there is available for me to buy. Like I got a witch's hat the other day and today my store had magic academy robes. <laughs> I was really excited. <laughs> um and then also yesterday because I finished Spirit Fair, I actually ended up buying a new game called Going Under. Have you guys heard of it? I have not. So going under is a roguelike game, and roguelike basically means that it is a procedurally generated map, and you you pretty much like go into a dungeon, and then the dungeon changes every time you go in because it just changes. Alex might have a better explanation of what a roguelike is, but so that's the premise of this game. So it's, you're basically a intern at this like bougie drink company called Fizzle. And it's like, it makes fun of the tech industry and like Silicon Valley. And so you end up working for this company and you end up going into the dungeons of this company to other failed tech startups and you basically try to survive and beat up monsters and collect items and progress your story i have yet to actually beat the first dungeon because i keep dying so you go into the dungeon you try to get as far as you can and beat the boss um every so often i'll get better by getting farther and farther in the dungeon but i just i haven't won yet but i've only played for like an hour i'm not very good but i still like it I feel like I've heard of this before from someone. By I feel like you it was in a Nintendo Indie Direct a few yeah. like months ago. It looks ago, really I guess. familiar. It's really it has a lot of bright colors and everything. And honestly, I was debating between getting Going Under, which is a roguelike, and also the other game called Hades. Oh yeah, which is also a roguelike. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hades is out on PC and just recently came to Nintendo Switch. So I was really debating between the two of them. And Hades is, the game Hades, the background on that is that it's like Greek mythology oriented, which I'm super interested as well. But in terms of, and in gameplay, they're both like dungeon crawlers, but I ended up just going with Going Under um, because I'll probably check out Hades later. Did you get this on Nintendo Switch? Because I see it's on PlayStation 4 as well. Yes, I did get Going Under for the Switch. Um, mainly because I just wanted to play it like wherever if I wanted because because you know the concept of it to me is like very like pick it up try to right. go through a dungeon run 
can't okay whatever you know i can like maybe play like 20 minutes of it and then move on if i need to yeah but. i think roguelikes are perfect for nintendo switch like um actually this past weekend i was playing some an older uh roguelike called cave blazers um a friend of mine came into town um and we started playing some of those. Um, he loves roguelike, and I'm trying to get him to play Hades because I, I play roguelikes every now and again, but he's super into them. Um, and I've heard so many good things about Hades. Um, mm-hmm. But there's just something about Nintendo Switch where it's just like pop in and play, 15 minutes, perfect. Then you can always just move on to something else. Yeah, I agree. So are you interested in Hades? I am. Um, I didn't. I haven't bought it yet. But I've heard so many good things about it. I heard that the writing is really good on Hades as well. But I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger on it. I've actually been playing a lot of games that I've had for a bit now. Like I played some more Super Mario Sunshine. That's I'm kind of uh, fizzling a little bit on that mission. Um, but played a lot of uh, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate this past weekend. Kind of fueled okay. by some of the news that we had. Um, played some of that with my friend, uh, and then been um, playing a battle royale that I talked about a little bit during our our uh, next generation episode, uh, Super Mario, or I guess what is it called, <laughs> Super Mario Brothers thirty five, the the battle royale for Nintendo Switch that's only here until March, um, which is basically you play the NES game. And you play that, and you play it until you die, and the last person to stay alive wins. So it's actually a lot of fun. It's basically a Tetris 99 with a skin of Mario. Uh, really loved it. I got my first win. I posted on Twitter. I was real proud <laughs> uh, over the weekend. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. When you win, do, do they say you're a superstar? They don't. I wish they did. That's oh, why I posted on Twitter. Chance. I put it on Twitter so people could tell me that, but still waiting. Well, you are a superstar, <laughs> oh, thanks. Matt. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. <laughs> thanks. I feel it. I feel it. Um, it's a fun game. Like I, I, I was expecting to like it more. Like I was expecting to be more devastated at the fact that it's going to be going away by March. But the more I play it, the more I'm like, okay, I could see how I won't be heartbroken in March, if that makes any sense. Like, it'll do its time, but it's not like game of the year or anything. Um, but it's fun for the moment. Sorry if you already mentioned this, but why is it going away? So Nintendo has... I don't, well, that's a good question, actually. <laughs> no one knows. I think no one, no one Nintendo knows. knows. Um, so part of... Uh, Super Mario Brothers 35th anniversary they had the uh, 3D All-Stars which is only being available digital or physical release until March but one other Mm -hmm. thing that they have until March is this Battle Royale uh, game and it's only available until March no one really knows why Um, I think that it's a cool thing to have kind of like Tetris 99 like I don't think a lot of people are still playing Tetris 99 but it's nice knowing that you can pop in a game play a time or two and then go out the door, you know, do something else with your life. But um, I don't know. I don't know why they're doing that. I don't know if this has something to do with Legend of Zelda having their 35th anniversary in 2021, if they're kind of making way for other things. Um, But it's a cool idea. I I wish that they kept it around and maybe added more onto it. It has a lot of um, uh, 
some of the feels kind of like how Super Mario Maker is kind of just ridiculousness and it doesn't make sense, but um, it's it's a lot of fun. But you can only play it through March? Yeah, until March. Yep. That's wild. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah. And to go along with what you guys have been talking about, uh, could you give a, a more classic example of a roguelike game? Because I'm still not getting it. So it's <laughs> it's kind of like um, Spelunky. Spelunky is like okay. the classic roguelike. You start at the start of a level. Um, you have zero items and you kind of like start brand new and you progress through um, a dungeon and the dungeon is laid out in a different way every time. Um, the items that you get are going to be new every time. The enemies you get are going to be new every time. And basically from that progression, um, the more you do, the more you see, the more you can unlock. Um, so it has a lot of replayability to it. Um, but at the same time, um, it's kind of a shortened experience because anytime you do a run, I think even for Hades, they were saying that one full run, if you, you know, make it all the way to the end through the boss, you're looking at 30 minutes to beat it from start to finish. But a majority oh. of those runs are going to be, you know, five, 10 minute burst of going until you die. Um, so really nice little, uh, snippets of gameplay, um, that I just think is perfect for the switch. Gotcha. That, and that was a great This kind of gets into weird territory because there's also further distinction between roguelikes and roguelites. So in <laughs> oh, terms gosh. of something... So, so I'm not sure about what going under is in terms of its progression, but specifically Hades is more of a roguelite in that the main difference between roguelikes and roguelites is that typically roguelites have this sort of meta progression so, you know, and um, between runs, there are things that you persistently upgrade that stay with you through your runs. So there's, you know, story progression, like with Hades, they talk about you actually have to beat as in, right, clear the game multiple times to even get the true ending to the game. So beating it once doesn't give you the real ending. And so every time you go through the run and you try to, as the name, you know, uh, tries to tell you you're escaping hell as you escape hell multiple times you get more to the story more progression more persistent unlocks and typically with rogue likes they're more contained to each individual one run as matt uh explained and there's not really much carryover between a uh, run so i guess another example of a rogue light is also dead cells i was just about to ask that um, that's <laughs> yeah dead, dead cells would be a rogue light uh more so than a rogue like Right. So I know there's there's some nuances there, but I guess the genre is still you know pretty new in terms of right the past maybe like five years or so kind of cropped up and you know even developers are still kind of defining you know what makes this game, type of game fun and kind of iterating on that process. Yeah. So I think going under now that you've explained it further might be a rogue like because I think there is story progression beyond the dungeon runs. So then that'd be a rogue light? Is that... Oh, yeah, shoot. Be a light. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah so you just a... think rogue light is that it's there is meta progression, so there is kind of a bigger story that you still continue between the runs. So even when you lose a run, that doesn't mean you didn't do anything overall, right? Because things like rogue legacy which you might have also heard of, which, you know, part of the name kind of is from that game. Uh, 
in that it's very self-contained to the one run. So when you die in the run, anything you progressed, anything you collected doesn't carry over to the next mm-hmm. run in a, in a certain manner. Okay, so le- something less confusing. Yasser, what are you play? <laughs> okay, sounds good. Better not be a roguelike. <laughs> Dead Cells has been on my backlog for a while now, but no, I have not played that or started playing that yet. Um, so since Dead by... Or not Dead by Daylight. Uh, since Red Dead Redemption 2 and uh, how that ended very abruptly when I left Game Pass, I have moved on to a lot of different games on my backlog. Uh, I started out by finishing Limbo <laughs> for the first time, and nice. oh. that was a long time coming, obviously. I think I got my first achievement uh, in like 2017 or 2018, <laughs> uh, but here we are in 2020, and it is now complete. I really enjoyed that game, obviously, um, but I did not end up going for the achievement to uh, complete the entire game without dying, like I think it was three or five times. I figured I probably didn't want that kind of pressure in my life at the moment, so I I got every achievement but that. Um, Wait, so what's that game? What's Limbo? Oh, so oh, I th- okay. I figured Limbo would be popular enough where all three of us uh, well, knew I about it. Well, I everyone but me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, Limbo is basically just a platformer, I guess is the way I'd explain it, and it's very uh, like monotone as far as its artwork, but it's also kind of like mysterious in a way like how would you explain it man i feel like you would probably do a better job of explaining it than i would um like it has a really distinct art style it's very monochromatic where it's like black white um and then shades of gray but it's like a left to right side scroller i'd guess with like plat- oh, yeah. like more of That's... like a 2d platforming side scrolling right, action platforming. yeah correct yeah. yeah um and it's oh. it's also got an extra bonus mission at the end of the game where you're going through the in or at least large segments of the level with absolutely no visual cues and only audio cues and that was probably one of the coolest experiences that i've had on a 2d platformer because you're you can like hear a blade revving up and that's like one of the things that can kill you on these uh levels but you have no idea where it is you just hear it getting louder and louder as you get closer, and you have to kind of jump as you think that you're right on it. So it's, like, terrifying, but a lot of fun at the same time. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, um, so I definitely recommend it if you haven't played it already. Um, but outside of that, I've also just been jumping around a few uh, different single-player experiences, like The Outer Worlds, um, which is, like, a Fallout type of game, a Quantum Break which is a Remedy game, uh, the same developers that made Alan Wake and Control more recently. Uh, so it's more of a like story-based game. Um, what's interesting about this game is it was kind of advertised early on with the Xbox One as like kind of an episode-based game where you actually watch uh, episode or show-like episodes throughout the um, actual playthrough, which I thought was kind of interesting, but... I never really delved in until it got added on to Game Pass, obviously. Uh, but it's been it's been pretty good so far, and I've really been enjoying it. It's got some pretty well-known actors, like uh, the guy who plays Littlefinger in Game of Thrones is one okay. of the main actors in the show. And then there's the guy who played Charlie in Lost uh, also on there. So a lot of pretty well-known people, uh, they probably went 
pretty big budget with this game and i feel like it semi-flopped because i i don't think it sold as well as people expected um but that said i've been enjoying it so far um but i don't really have too much of a review yet because i'm probably only the first quarter of the way through i've also jumped in to a few uh new multiplayer games but also um, some multiplayer games that i have been playing for a while now so the division Recently, it was with Games with Gold, and a couple of my friends ended up getting it. And I've been waiting to kind of delve back into The Division, uh, just because when it first came out, there wasn't really too many people that I knew that was playing it. And it's a much better experience playing co-op than it is playing single player. Um, I'm not sure how well do you guys know about The Division. Obviously, they've had two games now, so have you guys heard about it? Alex has played it. Yeah, I've platinum the first and second game. Okay, yeah. Well, 100% it, I guess. <laughs> so you're a big fan, then. For those that don't know platinum. <laughs> uh, I do enjoy it. I, I I do agree with your sentiment, though, that, yeah, it's not really a game you can enjoy by yourself. It, it, is, it does have that co-op looter experience. Yeah, it is very much a looter, uh, but more in, like, a realistic kind of environment, uh, where in Division 1, you're in uh, abandoned New York City, where there's, like, a plague like uh infection that kind of wiped out a lot of the population it's kind of eerie playing it during COVID, but uh <laughs> it's still been a lot of fun um, and then on top of that i've been delving in a little bit of dead by daylight as well as jumping into uh, rocket league again since that's when nice. free to play oh um, yeah so now that that's been officially uh put to free to play there's been a huge influx of new people coming in it had, um, I think the first week there was multiple days where a million people were playing at the same time, which is huge for a game like Rocket League. I think it was averaging around like 10,000 before that. Um, it's uh, It was very much a niche game, and I feel like adding it to free-to-play free is going to really help its growth if um, we really want to get more of Rocket League in the upcoming years. Um, but one of the cool features that they added with this free-to-play update was tournaments, uh, where you can on the fly sign up for um, Psionics or Epic hosted tournaments. Uh, these are the developers of the game. Um, but they host these tournaments that anyone can join, and you can join as a team or on your own. It'll match make you with a team if you don't have one. And it just adds another um, cool competitive feature of the game outside of just the ranked playlist that they already had. So I've been having a lot of fun with that. That's what I've been playing. Cool. Did you, as a side note, did you hear the news for the de- from the Dead by Daylight developers that they're looking into rebuilding the game for next gen? I did not hear about that. Uh, so they're rebuilding it from the ground up? Uh, I don't know if it's from the ground up, but they're looking into at least overhauling a lot of the assets. So like lighting and models and textures. That, so I don't think it will be a complete rebuild, but more so like a remaster. That, probably. that makes a lot of sense because it does feel like a dated game and it looks like a dated game, even though it's really not that old. Um, so I feel like it could um, really benefit from updated or enhanced graphics, especially with next gen power. It doesn't even look or play that good on PC, which is the crazy part. It plays good as far as performance on PC, but it still could be way better than it is right now. 
Yeah, my my uh, vanilla day one Xbox like oh my gosh. chugs on that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on that game because I You'd recently be lucky to be getting thirty frames per second. Oh um, yeah, if that yeah. yeah, I'd be happy with double digits. Um, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's an experience. Like I think that's the scariest part of the game. It's like, is my Xbox gonna crash? Am I gonna burn down my apartment? No one knows. <laughs> oh my god. So. We've all mentioned some like multiplayer games that we've been playing. Um, well, not all of us, but this is my <laughs> poor segue into the next topic. So we got some news last week that uh, the next fighter for Super Smash Brothers Ultimate was announced, and this was Steve from from Minecraft. Now, my question to the group is: Were you surprised? And then. Follow-up, we have four fighters left in the DLC pack. Who is the one fighter that you want to see come join Super Smash Brothers? I guess I'll start. I'm not surprised, mostly because there's also a lot of rumors, even before this fighter pass, that people thought he'd be coming out in the first fighter pass for Ultimate. Um, but also the fact that Minecraft is the best selling game in the world. So, you know, I think it's something, even if you don't like Minecraft, it is more of a nod to say, you know, respect it as a franchise where a lot of people found fun in it. And Steve is an iconic character, I guess. I didn't, I don't know if he was always called Steve, but you know, I, I knew more recently he's, he's had that name, but I appreciate him being in the game just as a you know representation of gaming. And as for the character, so my heart tells me that I want Sora from Kingdom Hearts in the game. And before people, you know, when you're listening to this, you complain, oh, but there's so many sword wielders in the game. Why do we need another person who, you know, he's wielding a key, but it's functionally a sword. Why should we have him? Well, one, because especially if you've played the most recent Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 3, he has different keyblades that transform into different weapons. So I think mechanically he could just be really cool on that aspect in the game. And he wouldn't just be using a sword. Um, but also I feel like Kingdom Hearts is that right, that weird crossover nature of Disney's, you know, one of Disney's first forays into this not, you know, wholly owned Disney property in video game form that I think is just a really cool uh, part of gaming culture. Um, but realistically, would I to bet on someone, the next fighter or a fighter being in the pass of the next four, I would say Master Chief, uh, only because we've seen how you know aggressive Microsoft has been with giving up things like Minecraft and letting that be in the game that I'd be hopeful that, you know, who's another iconic Microsoft character. Obviously, the Chief would be it, so I, would, I wouldn't I would mind seeing him either, even though I'm personally not big into Halo, but I do recognize that he'd be really cool to see in Smash. That would be wild. That would be. I don't even know how that would work. <laughs> like, what would his weapons be? <laughs> I mean, they have Snake, right? So not to oh, say he'd true. be a copy of Snake, but, yeah. you know, give him the... Similar idea. What, the beam saver and everything, so... That'd be fascinating. Yoster, I know that you don't have a Switch or Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Like, what character coming to... Like, what character would make you get this 
game. Uh, I don't think there would be a character that would be like, oh, yeah, well, now I'm definitely buying this game. I feel like it already has a great character base uh, to begin with. It's really just I don't own a Switch, so that's why I don't have it. I have mm. I have the latest Smash game for a 3DS, and that's that was also a great game as well. But I do agree that Sora from Kingdom Hearts makes the most sense as far as like the game mechanics and that character fitting into the character pool. I actually would mm-hmm. really enjoy that as well. I don't think I really thought through any other characters I'd like to see personally, but as Alex mentioned, I think Sora would be a really good one. Man, am I glad that I prepared two characters for this talk. <laughs> <laughs> because the first person I thought of was Sora. And I was like, oh, man, we've got too many people that are fans of that franchise. I better, like, prepare something else. <laughs> um, I I honestly don't know if they'll... Just a side note about Sora. I don't know if they would pull it off. I, I think, you know, Disney is, like, a kind of notorious for being hard to give up some of their um, IPs, even for something like Smash Brothers. Um, so I would love to see that as a fan, but um, I guess going back to your initial question with Steve, am I surprised? Not surprised at all. Like I think um, the thing about Smash Brothers Ultimate is like their whole phrase at the very beginning was everybody's here. Like this is everybody from any sort of video game. Like this is almost like a picture of video game history and to have video game history without Minecraft is crazy because it's whether you play it or not, like I played it initially when it dropped, it was like 2010, 2011, maybe. Um, and I played it for a couple years, you know, here or there with, with some friends or just like playing at the same time as some of my other friends were playing. Dropped off the past, you know, eight, nine years. But uh, I still recognize it as being one of the most influential influential games of our time, really. So I'm, I'm glad it made it and kind of watching um the presentation this past weekend it's it's cool like they have some really cool move sets and i'm excited to see it um so it, it's it's an interesting they made it way more interesting than i guess a block character could be um but so as far as a character that i think will kind of add on to that history like if you're looking at video games as a whole i think it's impossible to have this like penultimate collection um without crash bandicoot crash is like when you're talking about classic platformers that are still relevant today crash bandicoot is just there like it was playstation one um from the beginning like it was it was something to compete against mario something to compete with you know the likes of sonic or banjo kazooie or or any other uh 3d platforming game um of course that with like spyro you could kind of put either one of these in this pick but i think crash kind of makes the most sense like he's already a melee character he has like his spin move and he has like his dash slide move he also has like his he has like a wumpa bazooka or something that he uses so like there's there's move sets that are there and i think that i really just want to get that soundtrack and get kind of a a nice um stage like a nice crash stage like I, they have so much to work with so um, I think it would, it would be something that could be cool to add. And I'd love to see Crash. Um, 
because you could also like some of his skins he could have like the leather jacket like that he wears like when he's um doing i don't know if any of you guys have played crash <laughs> i'm like talking as if you guys have but um <laughs> <laughs> but he has like that one stage where he drives a motorcycle and he has like a leather coat and it looks ridiculous but that could be like one of his his cosmetic pieces that he, you can select from um and you could even have like an echo fighter with his sister so I think he's a character that makes sense if we look at Smash Brothers as like this being one of the final packs to kind of wrap up this ultimate gaming uh, competition. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I agree that Sora would be super awesome to join in, and I would not be mad at that. When I saw that Steve was the announcement, I was kind of just like, oh, okay, well, at least there are four more <laughs> fighters. <laughs> I'm kind of indifferent about Steve. I mean, it makes sense, as everyone said, that Minecraft is just like the one of the biggest video game IPs out there. Like, you walk into a Walmart and you see Minecraft t-shirts. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't see that with animal crossing at least like not right now but um in terms of the uh, a fighter that i would think would be cool to bring in now everyone just just close your eyes and imagine <laughs> cooking mama oh my. <laughs> I, <laughs> I want cooking mama to be why included into who's Smash asking for this <laughs> <laughs> no, I just think it's so weird that it would work. I mean, because they added Piranha Plant True. as a fighter to it. And I was just... So I, when I was literally thinking about people that I wanted added to Smash, I was just trying to... like I was like, well, the people that I want that people yell at me about is like Anna from Fire Emblem. Mm -hmm. I really feel like Anna would be cool because she's a merchant that is very consistent in the Fire Emblem franchise. But she is a sword user. So I don't imagine, like, I don't, I think people would be mad at that. And she's just another, just like anime girl. But then I was like, oh my gosh, what is some out of the box stuff? So I thought about Cooking Mama. For those of you unfamiliar with Cooking Mama, it was, it's basically a video game that you played on your Wii or your 3DS and you cooked food and you like use the motion controls and the touch screen on your 3ds to like chop vegetables and stir soups and stuff <laughs> and the, the the character you're trying to impress is mama and so she <laughs> i didn't know <laughs> like, that <laughs> yeah so she's like like when you cook she'll like evaluate you and she's like oh just like mama's or whatever i don't know but it was just oh really gosh. cute japanese game that i thought was I, I really liked it for the 3DS, so I thought it'd be really funny. They try to come out with the Cooking Mama for the Switch, but that just that's just a black hole of confusion with that game. I don't even know if you can buy it right now because of all the weird news about it. Um, so I don't have Cooking Mama for the Switch, so I'd like to see Cooking Mama in Smash Brothers. It's in stock Wait, on the weird Tiffany. News? Tiffany, it's uh, it, it's a rabbit hole that we cannot go into <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, but if right. You, you know what? Go... If people want to know about the rabbit hole that is Cooking Mama, write into our Gmail at rxp.podcast at gmail.com and let us know if you want to hear about the weird news about Cooking Mama on the Switch, and then we can go into that. As a teaser. It involves Bitcoin mining. Ooh. What in I'm, the world? I'm intrigued. Someone please oh. email us. <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so just so you know, to... just as a <laughs> slight aside, you can get this off Target.com, and they can ship it to you by October thirteenth if you act today. You can get co- Cooking Mama Cookstar. <laughs> yeah, I think it's been it's like a re-release where they took out the mining related stuff or potential things related to that. But yeah, yeah. wait, so I can get it yeah. for my Nintendo Switch? Yep. Well, hot dog. I can get it for I'll your birthday. No, that's okay. Is it sixty dollars? I don't think oh, that game is worth sixty dollars. Oh, like is it worth forty bucks? Okay, that's. I don't know. Maybe I gotta look at some reviews or something. What? I gotta so that my out. question to you, Tiffany, what if Cooking Mama is selected against all odds? <laughs> it gets selected, <laughs> and they they ask you, Tiffany, what should Cooking Mama's final smash be? What do you even What do you even say there? Oh my gosh. Okay, I know exactly what the answer is to this question. Just so the viewers know, so her- this is not a canned question. I'm shocked yeah, she has so- an answer. Yeah, so this final smash would literally be you suddenly see Mama come out. She grabs a, a, a cutting board. She chops up some cucumbers. She brings out some like salt and pepper or like she throws into a pot. Then you see her stirring into the pot. Then you see her throw like salt and pepper the the soups. And then you like see her like serve it up. And she, that's, she serves out the damage. Wow. Like when she serves. Serves out the damage. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> It's basically, I want all the motion-controlled activities that you would do in the normal Cooking Mama game to just show up in the Final Smash right before she just, like, ladles you. (laughs) (laughs) Ladles you. That's that's a quote. You've put so much thought into this. I'm really impressed. I mean, that Final Smash literally... I just, it just came to me when you asked wow. me that question, to be completely honest. Because honestly, when you were like actually bringing up move set ideas for Crash Bandicoot, I was like, oh, dang, I don't know what Cooking Mama would do. Yeah. <laughs> but I know what her final smash would be. Damn right you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, another multiplayer game that I've actually really fallen off the wagon on, guys. I've talked about Fall Guys way back when and i think in the last couple weeks i've played like two hours of it but on october 8th season two is starting and they've actually announced a new theme so it's going to be like medieval and they have they're planning to come out with new levels in fact there's a new level coming out what is it called night level like night fever night fever night spelled k-n-i-g-h-t and all the new costumes coming out have like uh wizards or witches or a knight or dragon costumes and they're i really like how that they're adding new levels to like change things up because to be honest in season one they didn't really switch things up until maybe like more than halfway through the first season but they did add some new elements to season one by changing like the type of obstacles that you'll be encountering and such but season two looks like they're adding like a bunch of brand new levels i'm excited to get back in so i guess the question is matt are you going to be playing this game on ps5 yeah i'd really like to um i think it's not a question of whether I will be into it. It's like, when, when will I be getting into it? Because I don't know if they've, 
really said any plans on PlayStation 5, like unless I miss something. Um, but I, I'm, I've been so stoked for this game. I, I kind of hate that I missed the initial surge of it all. But when IGN released kind of their their exclusive reveal of um, the new the new mini game, I was like, this looks absolute bonkers in all the best ways. So I'm I'm so in. I, I can't wait. Hopefully they have some announcement soon that the PlayStation Five um, is getting support. But we'll see. So didn't PlayStation mention that most games will be backwards compatible? Wouldn't this qualify? We think so. But I it's mean, just not clear. Yeah, it's just, it's really not, I, I'm not sure. I feel like that's... Okay, yeah, uh, I have heard that the backwards compatibility has been very, like, unclear or hazy from Sony's end, and I don't understand why people feel that way. Like, is there, like, an example of a game that isn't going to be backwards compatible, and that's why people are confused? I think the issue is that they say, like, a majority of our PlayStation 4 library will be playable on PlayStation 5. Mm -hmm. And they don't specifically name... Or they don't say, like, every game is going to be playable. Also, a bunch of developers have said, like, our game will be playable on PlayStation 5. So I guess it's just a mixed message of like some people are like going out of their way saying that you can play it on PlayStation 5 versus like knowing the entire library is playable. I guess that's why I'm confused about what you can and can't play. Gotcha. I feel like the messaging for Xbox has been so much more clear that it makes me nervous about PlayStation. Like their messaging has just been very vague while like Xbox is very cut and dry of what you should expect when upgrading to Xbox Series X. I think it's also the nature of the backwards compatibility um, in terms of whether or not it uses the PS5 hardware and sort of a boost mode for the games or whether it's running kind of a legacy mode, you know, in terms of PS4 or PS4 Pro performance. So I think there's a lot of, you know, unclarity. Unclear Is unclarity a word? I don't know. Um, there's a lot of confusion in terms of are these going to be running kind of in a legacy mode and you won't see any benefits using the PS5 hardware or will there be some sort of boost mode on PS5 where even if there's not a specific patch that takes advantages of all the capabilities of the hardware that at least it can run, you know, it can load things faster or at least maybe run, you know, better, smoother performance. So I think that's something that Sony is still yet to tackle. Um, and I don't think they want to commit to anything specifically right now because I guess they're still unsure about it. Yeah, I'm like, I even tweeted Fall Guys to ask if their game is going to be playable. I mean, I, I didn't get a response, but they get like thousands of tweets a day. Um, Yasser, have you seen any more Fall Guys or like what's your interest level in it in general? I am still not very interested, to be quite honest with you. If they, like I've said in the past, if they include crossplay, um, I will start considering it. But as it currently um, does not support crossplay, I am not interested. <laughs> That's fair. Actually, and now that you mention it, I guess theoretically, like it would need to be crossplay for PS4 to PS5. Would like, it? Well, I don't. I guess that's cross platform technically cross -generation. Cross -generation. oh cross-gen cross -gen. Mm -hmm. yeah it's not cross-play 
Yeah, because well, it's still PSN users that you're interacting with. I guess that's true. So that's not... Has this ever happened before? Like people playing on like a PS4 and playing with people on a PS3? No. Yeah, this is pretty new where we're seeing this uh, going to unfold this November where we're seeing people on Xbox One playing with Series X players and then same with PlayStation. So it'll be interesting to see if that causes any issues. But honestly, the architecture difference between this gen and next gen is not different. So there shouldn't be much that they need to do to make cross-gen possible, um, which was not the case when you're going from PS3 to PS4. Um, so I think that's going to help things or help matters in general, but we'll see if they also run into some issues at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I guess also some other updates for multiplayer for a game um, that's already out is Ghost of Tsushima is getting an update called Ghost of Tsushima Legends on October 16th. Alex, what? how do you feel about that? So for those that don't know Ghost of Tsushima, it is a game where you play as a Japanese samurai uh, in the 13th century uh, fighting against the Mongol invasion of Japan. And so this, so the, the primary game was a single player story revolving around that samurai. And it was a great, I played it hundred percent of it, loved it. And this, um, DLC that's coming out called ghost of Tsushima legends is actually a co-op mode. And so in it, there is a two player co-op mode where there's a series of story missions that you can progress with one other person. And there are, um, there's going to be a survival-based mode where you fight against uh, hordes of enemies, and that one's actually up to four players. And then also they are saying that after the patch, so it won't be their day and date on the 16th, they'll be releasing a raid for four players specifically. So the, the, the survival stuff, you can do two to four players. But there'll be a raid of difficulty where you need four players um, and the way the co-op functions is, is that there's four classes of, I guess, samurai. There's your standard kind of samurai. There's a hunter, there's a ronin, and then there's an assassin. And essentially, they act as your classes. So, right, the hunter is more of a ranged character. The samurai is more of your melee-focused character. The ronin is more of a support-based uh, character that, you know, does healing or use, has utility. Um, apparently, it can summon spirit dogs. So I'm very interested in that class. Um, and then the assassins are typical, you know, kind of more ninja-like characters, so more looking to sneak up on enemies and take them out from the shadows. Uh, but yeah, I'm super intrigued. Um, the base game didn't have any co-op of any kind, so it's super interesting to see uh, this single-player game get multiplayer add-on content and for free. Um, no purchase required to play it. So I'm definitely interested. I already, I already have a couple of other friends that have played through the game, so we're super excited about the co-op. Um, looking for a fourth, though. So not to say to any of you out there, because it might be too late by the time you listen to this, but uh, we are we do have an open spot. <laughs> so if anyone else is interested, maybe. Not to say that this is the advertising ground for that, but if I want to do the raid, I'm going to need that fourth player, so I might have to look around for someone to fill that void. Is Tiffany available? Um, I I have been debating about getting that game. 
but I'm not going to be ready by October 16th, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so do you have to have a guy leveled up to play the co-op? So it seems, no, the, the co-op, I think, is separate. So that's why they're calling it Legends, because the the base game or the single-player mode is more based in the history, right? So playing throughout, semi-spoilers for Ghost of Tsushima, um, there's not a lot of fantastical elements to the to the single-player story. Um, so there are things, like they do mention some of the villagers, talk about, like, you know, Kappas, right, which are, like, turtle spirits that are meant to be, like, thieves, in Japanese mythology um, that, you know, someone would be, uh, there'd be a side quest where they're like, oh, I thought, you know, there's a Kappa that stole away my like daughter or whatever. And then you go to the location where her daughter was taken from. And then you realize, oh no, it was just a bunch of bandits. And so they, they do weave in these ideas of the Japanese mythology in the base game. But then for the everything for the co-op is going to be more leaning into, you know, like Japanese, like Oni, Yokai, like spirits and the undead. So I don't think the progression is tied at all. I think you can go into it fresh, but the, the core combat is based off the single player. So I think it, it would behoove you if you were to actually have played the single player first. So he doesn't want me as his fourth. I get it. <laughs> you could just start training. <laughs> Like right now. right now, I think it's on sale right now. So oh, you, I, you know what? I think it is. It's like, isn't it like forty five dollars on PSN? Yeah, forty five dollars. Yep. Oh, hmm. I'll have to ruminate on that. Though I have been performing very poorly in my rogue light game. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's not start this conversation really again. About that okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So. Um, one of the last news topics today is that we're really excited for the new Spider-Man Miles Morales game coming out for PS5 on November 12th. And some people who may have missed out on Spider-Man 2018 on the PS4 are going to have the chance to play Spider-Man on the PS5 in this like cool um, bundle package. You can buy both games uh, for... 80 bucks 70 i think 70 bucks so with this new spider-man version that's coming out on um on the remaster with miles morales is that they're actually doing a lot of updates so i we talked about it on the previous episode how the graphics are going to be way improved you know i mentioned puddles like water is going to look real like real real in the game but one thing was shared with us last week that as part of the update of remastering Spider-Man is they gave Peter Parker a brand new face. So face when you gate. look at yeah, face face gate. <laughs> when you look at Peter Parker from 2018 and Peter Parker 2020, to me he looks like he's like gotten younger. He looks very different. And to, you know, my opinion about it is I was kind of confused as to why they did it. I mean, the explanation from the developers was that they wanted to get a face actor or face model that matched better with the voice actor's actual face. And they thought that this update would help with the character's 
image or like vision, I guess. To, you know, what I'm really confused about is like why the voice actor wasn't just mo-capped for the game in the first place, that they had to go about getting this other person that matches this guy's face structure a bit. But anyway, his face looks different. So when, you know, I played Spider-Man 2018, I'm not planning on replaying or playing Spider-Man 2020 through the remaster. I'm just going to go straight into Miles. My Peter Parker is going to look very different to me. Matt's going to experience brand new Peter Parker. Uh, What's everyone's thoughts on this whole face change thing? I think the biggest thing to consider is that I so me having played Spider-Man 2018 already and 100%ed it and Ori being used to old Spidey I I will kind of miss that model uh, because I was fine with how he looked Uh, but I do understand if going forward that the new model is better um, in terms of development or maybe the story that they want to tell I think the weirdest thing though is that how oddly similar he looks to Tom Holland but it's not Tom Holland but he looks much closer to Tom Holland now than the old Spidey did. So I'm not saying that that actually was a factor in their decision to change the model, besides the whole you know, face model and you know, motion, ca- motion capping the face and the um, lip syncing and everything. But it, it is suspect to me that they made that change now. Yeah, like I'm, I'm coming into this brand new. Um, you know, I kind of have to trust the process trust them as the development team that they made the right decision for them and i don't know if they're being completely forthright and the exact reason of why they did it like the reason like i i was like man he looks a whole lot younger and so it makes me think that maybe they have something else in mind for the story of peter parker that maybe they want to see like an actual age difference between this and maybe a future installment. Maybe they're starting to think like in that regard. I don't know. It's too early to say. Um, but like, I think he looks good. Like he looks like a mixture of Tom Holland and um, Andrew Garfield. So both of those, like if they had a, oh. a little like weird baby, it would be this Peter Parker. Um, but I don't know. Like I'm, I'm definitely coming at it brand new um and i'm excited to play it for the first time um in november and i'm excited that like i i wanted to play the 2018 spider-man version but this gives me an opportunity to play it the best way i can because it has all the bells and whistles of ps5 with like the the, you know haptic controller and the 3d audio and all these things um but i still get to experience the same story um, before i play miles morales so I'm excited, but I think there's something else under the surface that they're just not telling us because it's just not right. So maybe I know Peter Parker's not going to have a big role in Miles Morales, but maybe there's something there that will make it a little bit more evident for us. Yeah, I'm also glad that um, the remastered has ray tracing and all these new graphical features that it's going to make the game look even better than it did on ps4 i honestly don't get how this is such a huge news story to be quite honest like yeah it's jarring when i when you first hear about it but to hear the outrage and to have the developers have to explain themselves repeatedly as to why they did this is kind of bizarre to me like i don't see the i don't see why it's really that big of a deal personally but yeah actually i saw that 
one of the writers or the creative directors like tweeted like please stop sending me death threats and i was like whoa why are people freaking i like i don't get why they're freaking out this bad either um to me i'm just like why did you make him look younger okay whatever like kind of thing um but for some for others to take it really to heart i'm pretty surprised about that and i feel like that we have this new Spidey now. Um, the only thing that I think is a little v- bit of a shame is that I feel like him and Miles look the same age now. Um, but that's my perspective of it. I don't know. People might think otherwise. But um, but I think he's still, he looks good, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... He, oh, damn. He, like... <laughs> Yo, Peter. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> I mean, like, he honestly, like, he just looks better, like, in... Like, in Spider-Man 2020. Like, they definitely... His skin looks smoother. Like, honestly, like, he looks... <laughs> he looks like a movie character. Y'all. I mean, like, Bro. when you look at t- Spider-Man 2018, it looks like a video game dude. But if I look at that photo, if I'm not, like, paying attention, I'm like, is that a photo of a person? I mean... Yeah. I don't... You know? Move aside, Mary Jane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tiffany's got dibs. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we had a really great discussion today, and we discussed a lot of news topics. So thanks for listening to another episode of Recommended Experiences Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, feel free to tweet us at rxp underscore podcast or email us at rxp.podcast at gmail.com. Also, just wanted to give a little shout out to our first Spotify subscriber, Ariel. Thanks for supporting us. Bye. Bye. Peter, give Tiffany your digits. Hashtag not my Peter. Oh, just like mamas.